Chapters One through Seven, Book Twelve, Volume Two of La Morte d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by David Cole, Medway, Massachusetts. La Morte d'Arthur, Volume Two by Sir Thomas Mallory. Chapter One. And now leave we of a while of Sir Ector and of Sir Percivale, and speak we of Sir Launcelot, that suffered and endured many sharp showers, that ever ran wild wood from place to place, and lived by fruit and such as he might get, and drank water two year, and other clothing had he but little but his shirt and his breech. Then as Sir Launcelot wandered here and there, he came in a fair meadow, where he found a pavilion, and thereby upon a tree there hung a white shield, and two swords hung thereby, and two spears leaned there by a tree. And when Sir Launcelot saw the swords, anon he leapt to the one sword, and took it in his hand, and drew it out. And then he lashed at the shield, that all the meadow rang of the dints, that he gave such a noise as ten knights had foughten together. Then came forth a dwarf, and leapt unto Sir Launcelot, and would have had the sword out of his hand. And then Sir Launcelot took him by the both shoulders, and threw him to the ground upon his neck, that he had almost broken his neck, and therewithal the dwarf cried help. Then came forth a likely knight, and well apparelled in scarlet, furred with Miniver, and anon, as he saw Sir Launcelot, he deemed that she should be out of his wit, and then he said with fair speech, Good man, lay down that sword, for as me seemeth, thou hast more need of sleep and of warm clothes than to wield that sword. As for that, said Sir Launcelot, Come not too nigh, for an thou do, wit thou well I will slay thee. And when the knight of the pavilion saw that, he stirred backward within the pavilion, and then the dwarf armed him lightly. And so the knight thought by force and might to take the sword from Sir Launcelot. And so he came stepping out, and when Sir Launcelot saw him come, so all armed with his sword in his hand, then Sir Launcelot flew to him with such a might, and hit him upon the helm such a buffet, that the stroke troubled his brains, and therewith the sword brake in three. And the knight fell to the earth as he had been dead, the blood brasting out of his mouth, the nose in the ears. And then Sir Launcelot ran into the pavilion, and rushed even into the warm bed. And there was a lady in that bed, and she gat her smock, and ran out of the pavilion. And when she saw her lord lie at the ground like to be dead, then she cried and wept as she had been mad. Then with her noise the knight awaked out of his swoon, and looked up weakly with his eyes, and then he asked her, Where was that madman that had given him such a buffet? For such a buffet had I never of man's hand, sir, said the dwarf. It is not worship to hurt him, for he is a man out of his wit, and doubt ye not 
he hath been a man of great worship, and for some heartly sorrow that he hath taken, he is fallen mad. And me beseemeth, said the dwarf, he resembleth much unto Sir Launcelot, for him I saw at the great tournament, beside Lepanzek. Jeez you defend, said that knight, that ever that noble knight, Sir Launcelot, should be in such a plight. But whatsoever he be, said that knight, harm will I none do him. And this knight's name was Bliant. Then he said unto the dwarf, Go thou fast on horseback, unto my brother Sir Sullivant, that is at the castle blank, and tell him of mine adventure, and bid him bring with him an horse-litter, and then will we bear this knight unto my castle. CHAPTER Two. So the dwarf rode fast, and he came again, and brought Sir Sullivant with him, and six men with an horse-litter, and so they took up the feather-bed with Sir Launcelot, and so carried all the way with them unto the castle blank, and he never awaked till he was within the castle, and then they bound his hands and his feet, and gave him good meats and good drinks, and brought him again to his strength and his fairness, but in his wit they could not bring him again, nor to know himself. Thus was Sir Launcelot there more than a year and a half, honestly arrayed, and fair farren withal. Then upon a day this lord of that castle, Sir Bliant, took his arms on horseback with a spear to seek adventures. And as he rode in a forest there met with him two knights adventurous, the one was Bruce Saunt Pitter, and his brother Sir Betelot. And these two ran both at once upon Sir Bliant, and brake their spears upon his body. And then they drew out swords, and made great battle, and fought long together. But at the last Sir Bliant was sore wounded, and felt himself faint, and then he fled on horseback toward his castle. And as they came hurling under the castle, whereas Sir Launcelot lay in a window, he saw how two knights laid upon Sir Bliant with their swords. And when Sir Launcelot saw that, yet as wood as he was, he was sorry for his lord, Sir Bliant. And then Sir Launcelot brake the chains from his legs and off his arms, and in the breaking he hurt his hands sore. And so Sir Launcelot ran out at a postern, and there he met with the two knights that chased Sir Bliant, and there he pulled down Sir Bertelot, with his bare hands from his horse, and therewithal he wroth his sword out of his hand, and so he leapt upon Sir Bruce, and gave him such a buffet upon the head, that he tumbled backward over his horse's croup. And when Sir Bertelot saw there his brother have such a fall, he gat a spear in his hand, and would have run Sir Launcelot through, that saw Sir Bliant, and struck off the hand of Sir Bertelot, and then Sir Bruce and Sir Bertelot gat their horses and fled away. When Sir Sullivant came and saw what Sir Launcelot had done for his brother, then he thanked God, and so did his brother, that ever they did him any good. But when Sir Bliant saw that Sir Launcelot was hurt with the breaking of his irons, then was he heavy that ever he bound him. Bind him no more, said Sir Sullivant, 
for he is happy and gracious. Then they made great joy of Sir Launcelot, and they bound him no more, and so he abode there an half year and more. And on the morn early Sir Launcelot was where, where came a great boar, with many hounds nigh him. But the boar was so big, there might no hounds tear him, and the hunters came after, blowing their horns, both upon horseback and some upon foot. And there Sir Launcelot was where, where one alighted, and tied his horse to a tree, and leaned his spear against the tree. CHAPTER Three, So came Sir Launcelot, and found the horse bounden, till a tree, and a spear leaning against the tree, and a sword tied to the saddle-bow. And then Sir Launcelot leapt into the saddle, and gat that spear in his hand, and then he rode after the boar. And then Sir Launcelot was where, where the boar set his ass to a tree, fast by an hermitage. Then Sir Launcelot ran at the boar with his spear, and therewith the boar turned him nimbly, and drove out the lungs and the heart of the horse, so that Launcelot fell to the earth, and, or ever Sir Launcelot might get from the horse, the boar rove him on the brawn of the thigh, up to the hoof-bone, and then Sir Launcelot was wroth, and up he gat upon his feet, and drew his sword, and he smote off the boar's head at one stroke. And therewithal came out the hermit, and saw him have such a wound. Then the hermit came to Sir Launcelot, and bemoaned him, and would have had him home unto his hermitage. But when Sir Launcelot heard him speak, he was so wroth with his wound, that he ran upon the hermit to have slain him, and the hermit ran away. And when Sir Launcelot might not overget him, he threw his sword after him, for Sir Launcelot might go no further for bleeding. Then the hermit turned again, and asked Sir Launcelot how he was hurt. Fellow, said Sir Launcelot, this boar hath bitten me sore. Then come with me, said the hermit, and I shall heal you. Go thy way, said Sir Launcelot, and deal not with me. Then the hermit ran his way, and there he met with a good knight with many men. Sir, said the hermit, here is fast by my place, the goodliest man that ever I saw, and he is sore wounded with the boar, and yet he hath slain the boar. But well I wot, said the hermit, and he be not halpen, that goodly man shall die of that wound, and that were great pity. Then that knight at the desire of the hermit gat a cart, and in that cart that knight put the boar and Sir Launcelot, for Sir Launcelot was so feeble that he might right easily deal with him. And so Sir Launcelot was brought unto the hermitage, and there the hermit healed him of his wound. But the hermit might not find Sir Launcelot's sustenance, and so he impaired and waxed feeble, both of his body and of his wit, for the default of his sustenance, he maxed more wooder than he was aforehand. And then upon a day, Sir Launcelot ran his way into the forest, and by adventure he came to the city of Corban, where Dame Ellen was, that bare Galahad, Sir Launcelot's son. 
and so when he was entered into the town, he ran through the town to the castle, and then all the young men of that city ran after Sir Launcelot, and there they threw turves at him, and gave him many sad strokes. And ever as Sir Launcelot might overreach any of them, he threw them, so that they would never come into his hands no more, for of some he brake the legs and the arms, and so fled into the castle, and then came out knights and squires, and rescued Sir Launcelot. And when they beheld him, and looked upon his person, they thought they never saw so goodly a man. And when they saw so many wounds upon him, all they deemed that he had been a man of worship. And then they ordained him close to his body, and straw underneath him, and a little house. And then every day they would throw him meat and set him drink, but there was but few would bring him meat to his hands. Chapter 4 So it befell that King Pelles had a nephew, his name was Castor, and so he desired of the king to be made knight, and so at the request of this Castor the king made him knight at the feast of Candlemas, and when Sir Castor was made knight, that same day he gave many gowns. And then Sir Castor sent for the fool, that was Sir Launcelot, and when he was come afore Sir Castor, he gave Sir Launcelot a robe of scarlet, and all that longed unto him. And when Sir Launcelot was so arrayed like a knight, he was the seemliest man in all the court, and none so well made. And when he saw his time, he went into the garden, and there Sir Launcelot laid him down by a well and slept. And so at afternoon Dame Ellen and her maidens came into the garden to play them, and as they roamed up and down, one of Dame Ellen's maidens espied where lay a goodly man by the well sleeping, and anon showed him to Dame Ellen. Peace, said Dame Ellen, and say no word. And then she brought Dame Ellen where he lay. And when that she beheld him, anon she fell in remembrance of him, and knew him verily for Sir Launcelot. And therewithal she fell a-weeping so heartily, that she sank even to the earth. And when she had thus wept a great while, then she arose and called her maidens, and said she was sick. And so she yeed out of the garden, and went straight to her father, and there she took him apart by herself, and then she said, O father, now have I need of your help, and but if that ye help me farewell, my good days for ever. What is that, daughter? said King Pelles. Sir, she said, this is it. In your garden I went for to sport, and there by the well I found Sir Launcelot du Lake sleeping. I may not believe that, said King Pelles. Sir, she said, truly he is there, and meseemeth he should be distract out of his wit. Then hold you still, said the king, and let me deal. Then the king called to him, such as he most trusted, a four persons, and Dame Elaine his daughter. And when they came to the well, and beheld Sir Launcelot, anon Dame Brisson knew him. Sir, said Dame Brisson, ye must be wise how we deal with him, 
for this knight is out of his mind, and if we awake him rudely, what he will do we all know not. But ye shall abide, and I shall throw such an enchantment upon him, that he shall not awake within the space of an hour, and so she did. Then within a little while after, the king commanded that all people should avoid, that none should be in that way, thereas the king would come. And so when this was done, these four men and these ladies laid hand on Sir Launcelot, and so they bare him into a tower, and so into a chamber, where was the holy vessel of the Sangreal, and by force Sir Launcelot was laid by that holy vessel, and there came an holy man, and unhilled that vessel, and so by miracle, and by virtue of that holy vessel, Sir Launcelot was healed and recovered. And when that he was awaked, he groaned and sighed, and complained greatly that he was passing sore. Chapter 5 And when Sir Launcelot saw King Pelles and Elaine, he waxed ashamed and said thus, O Lord Jesu, how came I here? For God's sake, my Lord, let me wit how I came here. Sir, said Dame Elaine, into this country you came like a madman, clean out of your wit, and here have ye been kept as a fool, and no creature here knew what ye were, until by fortune a maiden of mine brought me unto you, whereas ye lay sleeping by a well, and anon as I verily beheld you, I knew you. And then I told my father, and so were you brought afore this holy vessel, and by the virtue of it thus were ye healed. O Jesu mercy, said Sir Launcelot, if this be sooth, how many there be that know of my woodness. So God me help, said Elaine, no more but my father and I and Dame Brisson. Now for Christ's love, said Sir Launcelot, keep it in counsel, and let no man know it in the world, for I am sore ashamed that I have been thus miscarried for I am banished out of the country of Logris for ever, that is for to say, the country of England. And so Sir Launcelot lay more than a fortnight or ever that he might stir for soreness, and then upon a day he said unto Dame Elaine these words, Lady Elaine, for your sake I have had much travail, care, and anguish. It needeth not to rehearse it, ye know how. Notwithstanding, I know well I have done foul to you, when that I drew my sword to you, to have slain you, upon the morn when I had lain with you, and all was the cause that ye and Dame Brisson made me for to lie by you Morgramine head, and as ye say, that night Galahad your son was begotten. That is truth, said Dame Elaine. Now will ye for my love, said Sir Launcelot, Go unto your father, and get me a place of him, wherein I may dwell. For in the court of King Arthur may I never come. Sir, said Dame Elaine, I will live and die with you, and only for your sake. And if my life might not avail you, and my death might avail you, which you will, I would die for your sake. And I will go to my father, 
and I am sure there is nothing that I can desire of him, but I shall have it. And where ye be, my lord Sir Launcelot, doubt ye not, but I will be with you with all the service that I may do. So forth with all, she went to her father and said, Sir, my lord, Sir Launcelot, desirous to be here by you in some castle of yours. Well, daughter, said the king, sith it is his desire to abide in these marches, he shall be in the castle of Bliant, and there shall ye be with him, and twenty of the fairest ladies that be in the country, and they shall all be of the great blood, and ye shall have ten knights with you, for daughter, I will that ye wit, we all be honoured by the blood of Sir Launcelot. Chapter 6 Then went Dame Elaine unto Sir Launcelot, and told him all how her father had devised for him and her. Then came the knight Sir Castor, that was nephew unto King Pelles, unto Sir Launcelot, and asked him what was his name. Sir, said Sir Launcelot, my name is Le Chevalet Malfet, that is to say, the knight that hath trespassed. Sir, said Sir Castor, it may well be so, but ever me seemeth your name should be Sir Launcelot du Lake, for or now I have seen you, sir, said Launcelot, ye are not as a gentle knight. I put case my name were Sir Launcelot, and that it list me not to discover my name. What should it grieve you here to keep my counsel, and ye be not hurt thereby? Bear wit thou well, and ever it lie in my power, I shall grieve you, and that I promise you truly. Then Sir Castor kneeled down, and besought Sir Launcelot of mercy, for I shall never utter what ye be, while that ye be in these parts. Then Sir Launcelot pardoned him, and then after this, King Pelles with ten knights, and Demim Elaine, and twenty ladies, rode unto the castle of Bliant, that stood in an island beclosed in iron, with a fair water, deep and large. And when they were there, Sir Launcelot let call it the Joyous Isle, and there was he called none otherwise but Le Chevalet Malfet, the knight that hath trespassed. Then Sir Launcelot let make him a shield all of sable, and a queen crowned in the midst, all of silver, and a knight cleaned armed kneeling afore her. And every day once, for any mirths that all the ladies might make him, he would once every day look toward the realm of Logris, where King Arthur and Queen Guenever was, and then would he fall upon a weeping, as his heart should to brast. So it fell that time Sir Launcelot heard of a jousting fast by his castle within three leagues. Then he called unto him a dwarf, and he bade him go unto that jousting. And or ever the knights depart, look thou make there a cry, in hearing of all the knights, that there is one knight in the joyous isle, that is the castle of Bliant, and say his name is Le Chevalet Malfet, that will joust against knights that will come. And who that putteth that knight to the worst, 
shall have a fair maid and a gefalcon. Chapter 7 So when this cry was made, unto joyous isle drew knights to the number of five hundred, and which ye well, there was never seen in Arthur's days one knight that did so much deeds of arms as the launcelot did three days together. For as the book maketh truly mention, he had the better of all the five hundred knights, and there was not one slain of them, and after that Sir Launcelot made them all a great feast. And in the meanwhile came Sir Percivale de Gallis and Sir Ector de Maris under that castle that was called the Joyous Isle. And as they beheld that gay castle, they would have gone to that castle, but they might not for the broad water, and bridge could they find none. Then they saw on the other side a lady with a spare-hawk on her hand, and Sir Percivale called unto her, and asked that lady who was in that castle. Fair knight, she said, here within this castle is the fairest lady in this land, and her name is Elaine. Also we have in this castle the fairest knight and the mightiest man that is, I dare say, living, and he called himself Le Chevalier Malfet. How came he into these marches? said Sir Percivale. Truly, said the damsel, he came into this country like a madman, with dogs and boys chasing him through the city of Corban, and by the holy vessel of the Sangreal, he was brought into his wit again. But he will not do battle with no knight, but by underne or by noon. And if ye list to come into the castle, said the lady, ye must ride unto the far side of the castle, and there shall ye find a vessel that will bear you and your horse. Then they departed and came unto the vessel, and then Sir Percivale alighted, and said to Sir Ector de Maris, Ye shall abide me here, until that I wit what manner a knight he is, for it were shame unto us, inasmuch as he is but one knight, and we should both do battle with him. Do ye as ye list, said Sir Ector, and here I shall abide you until that I hear of you. Then passed Sir Percivale the water, and when he came to the castle gate he bade the porter, Go thou to the good knight within the castle, and tell him here is come an errant knight to joust with him. Sir, said the porter, ride ye within the castle, and there is a common place for jousting, that lords and ladies might behold you. So anon as Sir Launcelot had warning he was soon ready, and there Sir Percivale and Sir Launcelot encountered with such a might, and their spears were so rude that both the horses and the knights fell to the earth. Then they avoided their horses, and flang out noble swords, and hewed away cantles of their shields, and hurtled together with their swords like two boars, and either wounded other passing sore. At the last Sir Percivale spake first, when they had foughten there more than two hours. Fair knight, said Sir Percivale, I require thee tell me thy name, for I meant never with such a knight. Sir, said Sir Launcelot, my name is Le Chevalier Malfet. Now tell me your name, said Sir Launcelot. I require you, gentle knight. 
truly said sir percivale my name is sir percivale de gallis that was brother unto the good knight sir lamorac de gallis and king pellinore was our father and sir aglavale is my brother alas said sir launcelot what have i done to fight with you that art a knight of the round table that sometime was your fellow end of book twelve chapters one through seven